What's going on, guys? Welcome back to No Reserves Radio. I'm your host, Ren. With me, as always, Angelo. Not with me, as always, Austin. Um, wow. I, it, he has it. So, segue here. Okay. Or you were already going off the rails. That's the tangent, not a segue. It's a tangent. Okay. Uh, first tangent. off, you can probably hear I am really mm-hmm. sick. Um, I'm not recovering. So, so. Yeah, you're you're recovering. I think Austin is sick as well. A bunch of people yeah. have this going around. Um, I am on like I'm I'm on the other side of it. Like I feel much better. It's just I, yeah. I'm stuffed up. So apologies in advance. It's probably impacting the sound quality a little bit, but. Austin's not here for Angelo and Austin to do an episode, so Ren has to have a flu game. Um, this guy. So, like, weeks in advance, we will know Austin is going to be gone for a weekend, like, just a couple days, right? Like, it's normal. Like, we know that's coming up. Like, he's going to Disney or Tampa or wherever he goes in Florida. I don't know. This guy in the group chat yesterday decided to drop on us that he was packing and he would be gone for a whole week that day. That day. No, no prior notice. Like that's that day. That's Austin. That's, that's new Austin. That's not, that's not how Austin used to be. Um, but yeah, so in that vein, you're going to have to deal with me being sick. Uh, if you, like notice a pause in our commentary where it sounds like or it, it feels like I should be talking because Angelo just finished talking or something. I'm probably coughing and have muted my mic because that's you know, a cool thing to do. Um not a ton to talk about in the NBA this week. We're we're going to talk about the NBA. Like, yeah. Generally. I mean, we are we are talking about the NBA. Angelo is not going to Angelo this. Um sure about that I one? think I think the most interesting news I read today was um, Woj predicted a very modest trade deadline with a lot of buyers and a few sellers. Do you agree with that? Obviously, Woj is more connected than we will ever be. But Isn't that like most trade deadlines in the NBA, quite honestly? Um, I mean, there's been a few big years, but he said that there's a... Okay, I'm just going to read his quote. Uh-huh. Lots of buyers, few sellers. Part of that is the play-in tournament, which has kept more teams trying to reach the postseason instead of dropping down into the lottery. Lottery words. Right. Also, this isn't considered a strong draft class at the very top. Agreed. So there's less motivation to trade a postseason berth for a few extra ping-pong balls in the lottery. There will be trades, there will be sellers, but the asking price is going to be high from the really bad teams to move off assets. So that's going to slow down the marketplace a little. Do you agree? I mean, I I think that the bigger issue is that I'm looking at these bottom teams, like the teams right. that are in the play. Right, right, right. And I'm trying to figure out what assets exactly they'll be sending so, to a contender. So, obviously, <clears throat> wow, I'm 13 again. Um, so there are teams in that bottom rung. The Raptors are the still. only team, and, and technically they're in the play-in race, but the Raptors are the only team in the I can East. see. Like, no, in like in East. both conferences, who is the Spurs going to send? Who are the Trailblazers? Well, right, I guess. right, right, right. So, so we're not even halfway through the season, so obviously a lot's going to change between now and yeah, yeah, of course. the trade deadline. So if John Morant does not get himself suspended again, 
the Grizzlies will probably make at least the play-in, but I expect they'll be a playoff lock because he is that good when he's on the court. I don't know uh, if he's their playoff lock just because of how good the West is, but yeah, I, I generally I, agree. I, 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 think he, I think the Grizzlies, when healthy, are better than the Rockets. Agreed. Uh, just because of Zion, I think they're better than the Pelicans. The mm, Warriors yeah, are a question mark because Steph Curry can carry a team. I yeah. Like, there's a lot of teams that I think that, God, this is going to be a long night. There's a lot of teams that I think the Grizzlies are better than that are currently in the playoffs. So I do think that the Grizzlies will get in. Uh, but teams like the Jazz, I, I don't foresee the Jazz making a playoff run. They have valuable assets, whether it's Josh Hart, Laurie Markkinen, Colin Sexton. Like there are pieces there that would be enticing to a contender. Um, in the Eastern Conference, it's a lot more limited, just because, like you said, the really the only team that has assets that are worth flipping is the Raptors. Now so, the Hornets but... do have a piece with Gordon Hayward that is like a contending team would be interested in, but does Gordon Hayward move the needle enough? Probably not at this point in his career. But that goes back to your point or Woj's point, I guess. The only teams I can identify with assets that would be worth like trading for are on the Raptors and the Jazz. You could argue the Bulls if the Bulls want to blow it up, but so I think regardless of where the Bulls are, I think we will see them move at least one piece of their core. Okay, so um, we got three teams. That's what I'm saying. We got three teams. I, so I think there will be a lot of... like I don't think... I think we might get one major deal, right? So like one Gobert level superstar trade. And I'm not saying Gobert is a superstar. I'm just saying like one of those... Superstar compensation. That, yeah, the assets just blow you away. After that, I think we'll see a lot of player traded for cash considerations, player traded for a future first, like a lot of like smaller deals, um, building the depth of these teams, because a lot of the true contenders are already set. They just need depth, right? Um, and then some of those players or those teams that are on the fringe are going to be trying to buy their way into being contenders. So I don't think we'll see major trades but i think we'll see quite a few trades just because there's too like <clears throat> there's too many rumors out for there not to be an active market it feels like because compared to and we're still what a month and a half away from the trade deadline and it feels like there's more rumors right now than there were last year leading up to the deadline and I maybe that's just a recency bias. Maybe I'm not remembering last year very well, but it feels like this year, as of now, there's more rumors. Do you agree? Yeah, generally speaking. But, but let's at the, at the same time, like in the NBA, you don't usually move your big name pieces. You usually reserve that for the off season. That's yeah. where. Yeah, that's when James Harden was. Well, I guess technically he was moved. Unless they request a trade, then yeah, uh, mid-season like yeah, last year. Um, So maybe, so maybe then last season was more impactful because we saw Kyrie move, but 
the result of Kyrie moving was the Dallas Mavericks trying to get a lottery pick. So, which was a hilarious final game of the season. Um, in that same vein, though, um, there was some news about Mark Cuban selling the Dallas Mavericks. He's still going to remain in the head of basketball operations role. So he's still going to be, for all intents and purposes, running the team. It's just he's not going to be profiting from it, I guess. I don't know. Rich people do weird things. God, I... This is bad. I'm 13. I don't know. I'm 13. There's just so many questions I have. So, like, who... who, So, like, I've heard a lot of stories of things Mark Cuban, as the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, would do to make the culture and make the, like, atmosphere of the Dallas Mavericks better. Whether it be having, like, feasts at the end of games, you know, having better facilities than the rest of the NBA teams and being willing to... He's very involved with the team. Yes. So, like, who's fronting that bill now? And will the culture of, like, the Dallas Mavericks that they've been the last, you know, oh, God, I don't know, 20, 30 years with Cuban under the helm? How different is that? Um, it's we won't know for sure until we see how loose the new owners are with the pocketbook. Because mm-hmm. I feel like you have to maintain culture. Yes. Whether like when you acquire an asset like that, you have to keep that same culture because that's what is a draw. Yes. Um. So I don't know. I feel like he's still going to have a heavy influence on that sort of thing. Because out of all the owners in the NBA, he's probably the most involved. Um, the only other owner I can think of, and I is Pat Riley's not the owner of the Heat, right? He's just the president. Who owns the yeah. Heat? Because that would be the only one I could think of. Just give me a second and I will tell you. And then maybe to a lesser extent, Genie Bus. Mickey Arison. Yeah, no, it's not Pat Riley. Um because yeah. I think Genie Bus is pretty heavily involved with the Lakers as well, but it's a lot easier to be involved with the Lakers because it's the freaking Lakers. Um Yeah, no, hundred Although I will say the Lakers have been at least I think immediately post Kobe retirement, the Lakers were a very poorly run organization. I don't know if it was a poorly run organization as much as it was just all the right pieces at the wrong time. Because like you had the whole situation with D'Angelo Russell and um, was it Nick Young? Yeah, it was Nick Young. It was Nick Young. Yeah, uh, like they had all the talent. Just the Julius Randle. Um, it was just. I don't know if they had all the talent. No. They had all the young talent. I think that that was a very talented young team. I just think that it was a lot of young pieces, and there wasn't really a voice in the locker room to kind of smack their heads together. The Memphis Grizzlies are kind of going through that right now. Um, so, do you think it would have been better for Braun not to sign there and then try to get someone? I guess different. 
I it's never a wrong option to draft or to get LeBron James. sign LeBron James. Yeah, yeah it, it, that's never like now it like even with as good as he is now would not be a great time to sign LeBron James just because you're tying up so much cap that you could use for other players and unless he specifically wants to come to your team like yeah LeBron's great but he's also 40 so like you're tying up cap that you could entice a free agent that's going to be here a longer period of time but generally speaking it's never a bad idea to sign LeBron James like any other pieces be damned like you have Giannis well I don't know Giannis there are exceptions this I guy. guess Giannis, <laughs> Luka Joel, Nikola Jokic, like if you have them and like that's the expense you're giving up, but any young piece in the NBA, like if you're the Cavs and LeBron's like, I want to come back and it costs you Mitchell and Garland, you pull the trigger 10 times out of 10. Not at this age because you're screwing your future up, but back during the D'Angelo Russell years, yes, you you pull that trigger every time. Um, but let's talk about the bottom feeders of the league because yeah, we we've alluded to a few of them here, but I think that the Spurs and the Wizards have to be singing the praises of the Detroit Pistons because right. they are, they are both on pace to finish with the 7th and 15th worst records of all time. And we're not talking about it because we're too enamored by the fact that the Detroit Pistons are probably the worst basketball team that has ever stepped on the court. No. And that's no No, disrespect. And here's the thing. No, you're right, but but you're also wrong because here's the thing. Like, on paper, the Detroit Pistons are not worse than the the effing process 76ers you can't convince me of that but on the court they've lost 28 games in a row like so Cade Cunningham yesterday this morning yesterday oh where is it um because they almost they almost won a game yesterday and he said, I think it shows that we're on the same level as all these teams we're playing against. Do you You're agree an NBA with that? team? No shit, dude. I, not... I don't agree with it. They are not on the same level. You don't think so? No, absolutely. Like, talent-wise, sure, maybe. Okay. That, but, that, that's what I'm saying. That's... And not all the teams. Like, you're you're not as good as the Boston Celtics. You're not as good as the Minnesota Timberwolves. but. In general, yes, they're all NBA players, and they're all very good NBA players, or good NBA players. Yes. But you've lost 28 in a row. Yeah. Like. Like. No, here's the question. You're not in the chapter. So I understand the, the pressure that must have been mounting as the streak was happening and as they were getting itching closer and closer to the record. But now that the record's gone, no matter what happens, whether they end it tomorrow or they end it in January, they have the record. So what's where's the pressure? Where is, like, I don't know. I mean, like, I, it's, at this point, 
what you're trying to prevent is creating an unbreakable record in a very bad way. <laughs> creating <laughs> like it's I close. To... I argue it's pretty close to unbreakable right now. Like... No, because twenty eight ties the record for most consecutive losses, but it's over two seasons. So 28 losses in a row has happened before. It's just So you're saying the next loss is is the loss that that matters is what you're saying. I think if they get to probably 31 in a row, like right around or right around 30, it feels like that All right. Like you ha- you have to go against a team that's resting star players against you. You have to go against a team that's facing injury. How are they not How are they not Anyway, there so are. That's so, the thing. So let's 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 check it out. Let's check this out. Let's who the Raptors next three games. I think these are very winnable games. Raptors, Rockets, Jazz. They're all in the play-in tournament. Every single one of them, or in the playoff tournament hunt. Play-in tournament hunt. I bet. So I don't know. So the Celtics were not fully healthy last night. All right, let's check the Celtics. Let's see who did who did the Celtics play without? Uh, Jalen Brown. The Celtics did play without Jalen Brown. The Celtics only played like ten players. Yeah, it was like it was very playoff depth. Six, seven, eight. They played nine players. Yeah, it, it was like a playoff lineup, which is weird because it was against the freaking Pistons. But at, at the same they time, they wanted like, that record. Chris Stapps dropped 35. So, they on the Chris flip Steph. side, do you think teams will be trying harder? Because they don't. you don't want to be the team that finally loses to the Pistons, right? Right. Right, no, 100%. So, like, playoff, like, that is a playoff lineup that the Celtics rolled out last night. Minus Jalen Brown, yeah. Oh, they yeah. took him to OT? I didn't even realize they took it to OT. Yeah. So... I don't know. It's... But I mean, looking at this, look, I'm just looking at the the starting lineup the Pistons rolled out of there. They rolled out Bojan Bogdanovic, Kevin Knox, Jalen Duran, Kate Cunningham, Jaden Ivey. That's not a terrible starting lineup, dude. How many teams is Jay or is Kevin Knox a starter on? Oh no, Kevin Knox is obviously the weak link there. How many starter or how many teams is Bojan Bogdanovic a starter on? Probably a decent amount. I don't think a decent amount. At a four? Four is a tricky position because four is kind of like a hybrid between five and three at this point. Yeah, no, I mean, we're playing positionless basketball for sure, but... Yeah. I don't know if there's a great number of teams that Boyan Vardanovic at this point in his career is a starter on. And Cade drops their units in him. Killian Hayes continues to impress with uh, 2.2 rebound showing. 10 minutes. You got 10 minutes. Yeah, I was about to say, he only got 10 minutes. If Asar think... Thompson ever starts playing up to his level, if Jaden Ivey, I don't know what Jaden Ivey did to whoever in the Pistons organization to make them kind of give up on him in his second year. Because he has not started that many games. I I need to pull that up real quick. 
Uh, I'm actually. Uh... He started 11 out of 27 games. Yeah. Which is ridiculous because in those games that he was not starting but playing in, Killian Hayes was starting, which is a joke. His minutes are down six minutes. His field goal attempts are down about, I'm just drawing it up, about four. Hmm. So on that team, they now have James Wiseman. Yes. Is James Wiseman one of the, does James Wiseman beat out Anthony Bennett? Beat out? No, not beat out. Because Wiseman was for a very long time in that 2020 draft, the consensus 101. Fair. But, but there wasn't a lot of tape on him because I believe he missed a lot of time in college because he came out of um, Memphis. Not a big school. Um, who uh, who went? Who else went in that draft? So Anthony Edwards was obviously... The 101. There's a lot of players you take over James Wiseman. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of players you take over. A lot of play That. Okay, this. Holy crap. Okay, 10 years from now, we're going to be talking about this as one of the best drafts of all time. It's still going. <clears throat> Go look at that draft. Pull that up. One second. I mean, I can read through it right now. Um, Anthony Edwards, LaMelo Ball, Patrick Williams, Isaac Kokoro, Obi Toppin, Denny Avita, Jalen Smith, Devin Vassell, Tyrese Halliburton, Kira Lewis Jr., Aaron Neesmith, Cole Anthony, Isaiah Stewart, Alexei Pokuz, Pokuz, whatever, um, Sadiq Bey, Precious Achua, Tyrese Maxey. We're still going. Emmanuel Crickley. Peyton Pritchard, Jaden McDaniels, Desmond Bain, um, Xavier Tillman. So, funny enough. Trey Jones. Funny enough. Jordan Noir, so, James Wiseman this year has been in the NBA as long as Anthony Bennett was in the NBA. I just, so. because in the, in the Anthony Bennett draft, that was a there terrible wasn't really, draft. Yeah, it was a terrible draft. And there wasn't so really... that's the only thing that can go in the favor of Anthony Bennett being the 101. If if I, I think the only thing you could have argued at the time based on the hype was Depot. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So, and granted, Depot didn't end up, I mean, he was a fine player, but Depot didn't. Live if up to the hype not, of the 101. If he had not gotten injured and like the pinnacle of his playing time with the Pacers was his career. I think that's a fair 101, not a good 101, but a yeah. like a weak draft 101. That's um, fair. Who else was in that draft? I feel like there's someone we're forgetting. What, uh, out of the, uh, the Anthony Bennett draft? The 2013 draft. Um, Otto Porter Jr., uh, Michael Carter-Williams, CJ Wasn't McCollum, Giannis selected? Giannis was in that draft. There's your 101. Rudy Gobert. Um, Holy crap, that is a terrible draft. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a terrible. And honestly, Giannis was a project player at the time. No one knew that. Yeah, I mean, he was yeah. built like a twig. Yeah. So, Dennis the Giannis Reader. of 2013 is, is not anywhere close to the Giannis of now. They're like worlds apart. I think that... I think it's fair to say that he's the 2020s Anthony Bennett. I think if you separate it into decades... I don't know if we'll have another player as hyped because there was a lot of James Wiseman hype coming into there that was. draft. There was. And there really wasn't a lot of Anthony Bennett hype, but there wasn't a lot of hype. Like, the only hype I remember, and this is from being from Indiana, was Victor Oladipo because of his athleticism, um, which I don't remember. Wasn't Anthony Bennett also freakishly athletic? But yeah. It just didn't yes. translate. Yeah. Um, but Wiseman was the talent, but he came from a small school. There, I think he was injured for part of his college career. I, I someone would have to fact check that. But if I remember, yeah, right, you can call me you can call me crazy for this, but I think Anthony Bennett to the Cavs was probably mm-hmm. like their LeBron pick because he was a similar height to LeBron. He was strong as an ox. He could jump. That that's probably why they selected. I that I could, I could insane. see. No, go ahead. I could see like the conversations in the building happening that no one's talking about this Bennett kid, but this Bennett six eight, he's strong as an ox, he can jump out the gym. This could be our next level. I could see those conversations happening in Cleveland. It's kind of insane how high the Cavs picked like four years in a row. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they had the number one pick like because they had number one with Bennett. Yep. And they had number four with... Well, they had number four the year before with uh, Dion oh. Waiters. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then we had one and five with Tristan and Kyrie. Yeah, one and one and four, Tristan and Kyrie. Number five was Jonas Valanciunas. Valanciunas. Which, that was a pretty solid draft. The Kyrie draft was a really good draft. Yeah. Um, Eventually, we'll do episodes on like NBA history, and we'll break down some of these drafts. Um, but that's a long way of saying the Pistons are terrible, historically but, terrible. But we shouldn't well, be ignoring the fact that the Spurs and the Wizards are also historically terrible. So the Spurs are definitely not on the Ren timeline of this of making uh the There's still time. There's still time the NBA finals in two time. years of wasn't I was thinking. I think you said playoffs next year and then finals the year after. I There's still time. So Wimby Wimby is a player. God, this is driving me insane. I'm trying so hard to like keep my voice from doing that. Um <laughs> I, that yeah, the 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 cracking. The cracking. I'm going yeah. through puberty again. Yep. Um, Wemby is the kind of player that once it clicks, it's going to click in a big way, or it's not going to, and Austin's going to be right, and he's going to be bust, right? Because he has all, like we see it night in, night out. He has all of the talent he needs. Hold on. Now. Let me holding on. Get, no, keep going. I just want to look at. Something. Um, so Joel Embiid recently said that 
his opinion of Wimby is he needs to figure out what he wants to be. Does he want to be a Joel Embiid or does he want to be a Kevin Durant? And I do agree with that. It feels like Wimby is trying to be everything all at once. He's trying to be a guard and play like a guard at the wing, but also be a big. And LaMarcus Aldridge also said that Wimby needs to get a move, which... I also like every star player has a move they go to. Um, the guy's nineteen, and, and the <laughs> reason being is at the end of a game you overthink it, and you don't want to overthink it. You just want to know it's the end of the game. I'm going to this high post fade. I'm going to this pull up from the free throw line. Like I'm doing this thing that I know. Like I've practiced a million times. It's ingrained into my muscles. I know what I'm doing. I'm doing this every time. And it feels like Wimby doesn't have an identity yet. He's still a raw generational talent. And I think that once it all comes together for him, once he's used to the speed of the game, once he's got something around him, because right now he's kind of on an island, um, I think it's going to be fine. And I think the Spurs will not necessarily make the finals, but they'll be a playoff contender sooner rather than later as long as he stays healthy. Because he is that good, and we can see that. Like, all the talent is there. Both sides of the ball. Now, defensively, he's left a little bit to be desired, but defense takes the longest to really adjust to at an NBA speed. I think that's a fair assessment across Actually, the Actually leads the NBA. Granted, blocks is in the wall. All defenses, but he actually is currently leading the NBA in blocks. Yeah, he's he's probably going to lead the NBA in blocks for as long as he plays because he's nine feet tall. (laughs) What are you looking up? Just Wemby stats, and they don't look. They don't honestly look too terrible. He averages about 19 points a game, three blocks, three assists, 10 rebounds. His shooting isn't very good, especially for his size. 44% mm-hmm. from the field. He just might as well just round that up to, what, 29% from three. That's eh. like that's just below league average, honestly. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I think we might be a little bit too hard on Wemby. Granted, I guess the expectation is he's mm-hmm. uh, the next generational talent that's going to be in the NBA. So, I guess it's warranted. I mean, that's like once you get that generational talent label, the rest of your career is competing against yourself and everyone else with that label. Um, Yep. I'm trying to pull up five foot. No, 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 no. I want, I don't know. NBA.com has been screwing up for me today. Um, (laughs) Here's a question on Quora. Has an NBA center ever shot three pointers? It was asked November 28th, 2022. Jeez. So when you ask, like when I'm, 
you don't like the term, but when Austin and I say casuals, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Centers have been yeah. shooting threes forever, like since the inception of the game. As a like main go-to weapon, yeah, no, that, that's that's more recent. That's but, recent. Yeah. Um. Because I want to, I'm try. What I'm trying to do is pull up three-point shooting percentage with a filter on just centers, but for whatever reason, NBA.com will not let me do it, so I'm trying basketball reference. Long-time starter for the Spurs, Keldon Johnson, has come off the bench in each of the past three games. Head coach Greg Popovich expects that to continue for this foreseeable future, writes Jeff McDonald. Hmm. Interesting. So I one of the things that I've like heard and I don't know how true this is is that the Spurs players are not like embracing Wemby. Like kind of like what happened to LeBron when he just entered the Cavs and then where, they were like we don't need LeBron. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. like like we're better than Wemby. Like come on guys. Come on guys. You, sometimes sometimes you just got to you, you got to not I ignore think the forest for the trees. Wimby is very, it seems, quiet and reserved, whereas LeBron was not. LeBron kind of walked into any room like he owned the place, and he did. Yep. Um, so that that's going to be something yeah. I think Wimby's going to struggle with. I think he does have a little bit of growing to do, but I think he'll be fine. I'm not, compared to the other teams, which in this conversation is the Detroit Pistons and the Washington Wizards, I'm the least concerned for the Spurs for the future because they do have women Yama. Um, you know, like, obviously, the Wizards have Cade, right? Pistons have Cade. Pistons have Cade. Yes, the Pistons have Cade. Um, you know my opinion about unicorn large point guards. I, I don't think it necessarily translates that well. I do think that there are players that play it really well. LeBron, when he was a point guard, did very well at the role, obviously. Luka, phenomenal. LaMelo's pretty solid. But I just, I don't think the giant point guard is so much here to stay. I think it's great on paper. But in terms of pace pushing, when you see those 6'5 and under point guards, there's a significant difference in the pace the team plays at. Um. And I think defensively it leaves a lot to be desired because you can't keep up with some of the smaller players um, for whatever reason. I I can't explain why Damian Lillard is so quick. I, it doesn't make any sense. To be sense fair, like, I think there's sort of... like a player on each of these teams that you could see them building around or you could see them developing. Cade Cunningham for the Pistons, I think, obviously, Wemby for the Spurs. And believe it or not, I think... Jordan Poole. If you, I swear uh, to God, if you say Jordan Poole. Bilal Koulibaly. Okay. <laughs> Jordan Poole is a certified tank commander. Certified something tank broke, commander. Something broke in that man when Draymond punched him. God. He doesn't even remember the rules of basketball. <laughs> Speaking of that, did you see um, Christmas Day? Did you watch any of the games? I did not get to watch any of the games. I was so, watching football, believe it or not. 
Yeah, that NBA viewership was down, and like people are freaking out about it. But they also had Christmas Day football games, so like it yeah, wasn't had... down significantly. Um, and they were competing with football, so like it makes sense. <laughs> but there was a hilarious moment where the Pist- or the Celtics were dribbling out the shot clock, and Derek White had the ball, and he passed it to Tatum, but Tatum didn't want the turnover. Now, at that point in the game, a shot clock violation does not give you a turnover, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So Tatum avoided the ball, so it went out of bounds, giving Derek White an actual turnover. <laughs> it, it it caused some uh, conversations that's, between Derek White and Jason Tatum. That's some. That's something I think I'd expect between you and Adam. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Or even Austin, to an extent, like me and Austin. Um, and I did not want to turn over there. <laughs> it's a turnover. It's a it's a stat. It sucks, yeah. but deal with it. Yeah. Um. So, which team of those three do you think has the brightest future? Because I I think it's it has to be the Spurs, just because Wimby is that much better. Like, his ceiling is so much higher than any of the other players involved. Call, okay, call me crazy. It's the Probably Pistons. Gonna... Why? Because I I see, like, the most potential for, like, growth here. So, like, hold on, let me get to the Pistons roster. So you don't think that... Losing 40 in a row is going to break Cade and he's going to try to get out of Detroit? Might break Cade, but if it doesn't, you have Cade Cunningham, you have Jaden Ivey, you have, um, I'm drawing Durin. a blank, Durin. Durin. well, not Duran, but the uh, the Thompson brother. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry, yeah. So, like, I could see, and, I mean, they still, they also have really young players that, James Wiseman might be was probably a bust. Killian Hayes is probably a bust, but and they have Marvin Bagley too. So I I just think I just think eventually they could turn this into a, a decent roster. And not only that, they're gonna have enough. They're gonna have another pick in the top three lottery, and that who knows what that turns into. Uh, yeah, so, but it's it's a very weak draft. So that's fair. But you have your potential superstars already. You just need... I I get what you're saying. I just... I think the ceiling... Because... Like, going back to... Like, let's let's talk... Well, I... I was going to draw comparisons between, like, LeBron James versus some of the other young teams in the league when he was drafted you're taking LeBron every time because his ceiling is so much higher. Yeah, that other team might have a bunch of young pieces that fit together well, but it's LeBron James. And that's kind of what, like, yes, Wimby could be injury-prone because of how he's built. And yes, he could be a bust. But his ceiling is so much higher than any of the other players you mentioned. Now, that's fair. That's not to say, like, Cade isn't going to have a breakout season that nobody saw coming and suddenly he's the best player in the NBA, but 
as of right now, Wemby's ceiling is probably higher than the rest of the Pistons put together. Because he is a generational prospect. Um, Kate is, honestly, like this year, Kate is trying so hard. He, he really is, and it's really sad to watch because he scored it, 41 against the Nets, then he scored 31 against the Celtics. He's averaging like 23, 24 points. Like, I mean, someone's got to go and get the buckets. This poor guy. And he kind of has the green light to do whatever he wants because who are they going to, are they going to bench him? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. Starts pulling up from beyond the logo, and they're just going to be like, all right, sure, that's what we're doing. Um, I still the... just cannot believe that the Lions have more wins on the season right now than the, the Pistons. <laughs> I did that's not just... know that, actually. Um, it's like triple. A, a fun fact, probably more than triple. changing the subject sure. here a little bit. Did you know that the the Mavericks they like if you go look at their record you'll be able to do the math I'm not doing the math right off I just know this one fact offhand in the 8 games Derek Lively has missed the Mavericks are 1 and 8 yeah. or 1 and 7 1 and 7 So that's pretty uplifting if you're a fan of the Mavericks or Luka which I think we're all fans of Luka in some way I I think you would if you're a fan of basketball, you like Luca. Um, Being one and eight without someone, because Derek Lively elevates the team. Because we've said all along, Luca needs a big. Yeah, that's true. And Derek Lively, as a rookie, has came in and elevated the team. So it's uplifting if you're a fan of basketball because it potentially means more. Luca in the playoffs. But another fun fact I learned. This is this is gonna be a fun one. So you know Bally Sports. Yeah, screw him. So you know like their history, right? Like they did being scumbags, start. yes. Well they were a casino. <laughs> okay, so they yeah, okay. Yeah, so they yeah, they've yeah, always yeah, been yeah. scumbags. Okay. Now go, go now on. now that you know that they used to be a casino, everything makes sense, right? So yeah, Allen Iverson is banned from Bally Casinos. I'm now a fan of AI. Why? <laughs> right. Um, I don't remember right off. I, it was a random thing because I was reading about Al Harrington and uh, Allen Iverson's weed business yesterday. I don't remember why. Um, it just popped up. Gosh. And yeah, he... Uh, I think he got really drunk at a bally and got asked to, or was asked to never return. Uh, Good. I'm going to pull it up, actually, because it's, it's right on his Wikipedia page. And, like, ever since then, like, now I have, like, I've always liked AI. I, I think he's a little overrated. But now I think I'm one of his biggest fans. Bally is the worst. It's... Definitely. Oh, it's, 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 it's terrible. Um, like, oh, yeah. He urinated in a trash can at Bally's Atlantic City Casino. Probably improved the place. <laughs> I was in the atmosphere. February 24th, 2004. So that was still during his playing career. I think he was in Philadelphia still. 
That was. Yeah, that, I think he was in Denver. Yeah, that that no, he was in Philly. That was the year he averaged thirty, or one of the years he averaged thirty. But that was the year he averaged thirty point seven. Not his highest. Man can go get you a bucket at any point in time. Um, so I was watching Gilbert Arenas, and he asked, and he was asked who he, yeah, he was asked who would he rather guard, Allen Iverson or Steph Curry, and he said he'd take Allen Iverson every time. I would too, because Curry still has handles, but he was. <laughs> anyway, go on, sir. Curry still has handles. They're not like the same as like AI, right? Like, but he's still one of the top ball handlers to ever play the game. But Curry can also pull from 30 feet, and it's nothing to him. Speaking of that, um, I was reading earlier, and this is fun, um, from logo range, so like 30 to 40 feet. Uh, do you know who the best shooter in the NBA is and has been for the past like four uh, years? Buddy Heald. No. And it's, it's, a, probably gonna it's, be... a, it's a no-reserve yeah. staple. Oh, it's Trey Young. It is Trey Young. Which let's let's talk about your boy Trey. Let's talk about your boy Trey. My boy Trey. So what was your biggest knock about Trey? He can't defend. Uh no, your biggest knock was that he didn't shoot very well. Which Oh last wasn't season. Yeah. Uh, but he's he's averaging twenty eight points. Uh, eleven and a half assists, and he's shooting forty percent from three. Are 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 you gonna walk back your claim now? Are you going to apologize to Trey? Oh, he shot like crap yet last year. One year, one yeah. year. Yeah. In a year when he was essentially when by I said the statement, he was shooting crap. It's... Like, good job, oh, buddy. So do you, you, do you, you got it back? To, you got it back together. Good job. Here's your cookie. So, so do you yeah, acknowledge him as one of the best point cards now? No. Oh my god. So, what does he have to do? Jesus has to come down and proclaim him one of the oh, best point cards. Oh, this man could average thirty and twelve, shooting fifty, forty, ninety, he and you're not going to. You're you're not gonna say he's one of the top ten point guards playing in the NBA today. Depends on who the other who it depends on who's playing in the NBA today. But yeah, I could. Such a blind hatred for Trey Young. Trey Young might be in my top ten point guards next year. We'll see. He didn't he didn't make the cut last year, but no, yeah, he, he didn't. I don't I think you actually said he was at like number twelve. Yeah, eleven or twelve. Which... But you know, he oh, he might make the cut this year, so I am interested job, to buddy. see like what all changes. Like I'm gonna go back and listen to those episodes, like when we're prepping for that, just to see. Like, Honestly, those were some of the best episodes. Austin doesn't prepare for anything. It feels like, but he prepared for those. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah, exactly. My favorite. So the segue because we're in the new year, and what are we talking about today? Yeah. So <laughs> one of my favorite memories is one of the first it was one of the first episodes that we had austin on and we were talking uh, like we were grading teams i think it was like a christmas thing i don't remember what the context was but his entire basis was what their future looked like and he based it entirely on like draft capital young players yeah and it was like completely out of left field because like we were talking about like 
now, like here and now, who's the best teams? And he was like, well, in 10 years, the and Utah obviously Jazz the were set up. Yeah, the Thunder and the Jazz. So. That's a weird uh, thing to, like, remember, but I, I vaguely remember, or I distinctly remember that. Um, it makes sense, though, for Austin. How Especially, he honestly. Huh? How he prepares. Yeah, because A, like, he works with students every day, so he's, like, used to evaluating on potential. Yeah. So, sure. but B, both me and him both do uh, Dynasty Football Leagues. So, draft capital and future draft capital is part of everyday conversations we have. So, I don't, I, I think, I think there's a, a very good reason why he leaned more into the draft capital of each team. Um, oh, oh, another random tangent here, just because I'm like flipping through my notes for today. Did you see Udonis Haslam? Um, he did an interview on, I think it was Playmaker, where he was talking about his hatred for the Celtics. Did you see that? No. So, what he said was, I like Tatum and Brown, but those old. Um, you can't say it. I can't say it. Um, <laughs> KG and Paul, I don't explicitive with y'all. If I see y'all in the grocery store, it's on. It can be aisle seven eleven around the cheese dip. All of it's getting flipped over. Now, I think that NBA players are very boisterous. Yeah, and, for sure. But I feel like Udonis Haslam means that if they ever ran into each other at a gas station, he might punch one of them he's one of the scariest players in nba history like he was about that yeah um agreed there i was um, actually all right all right i want you to do this real time okay 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 because we were talking about this during christmas and this uh because we were watching the football games at my uh girlfriend's house or parents house all right, I want you to Google right now a picture of Max Crosby of the Oakland Raiders. Full body. I feel like I don't need it. Full body. I'm typing full body into Google. Oh, God. Okay. That if that dude to... pulled up into you, are you not, like, running the other way? Is he a ginger? Yes. He, I don't know. You don't know? Do you see know. this? This like upper? He's fully tatted out. Like, oh, yeah, man, but no. they're like portraits. They're not like gang tats. I guess that's true. Like, there's Michael Jordan and Mike Tyson, and I think Kobe Bean Bryant, and then a baby. There's a baby and a, laughing. And a Muhammad on Ali, yeah, on his left. Uh, plus, back, yeah. yeah. There's literally a baby laughing. Like, I, I guess, like. Uh, obviously, like he'd probably kick my ass, like one hundred percent. I'm not gonna pretend, but like I also would not want to punch him because there's a baby. Like every time I punched him, I would see a baby <laughs> laughing, and like I would feel bad. Not saying that if he didn't have that, I would suddenly be able to beat him in a street fight, but <laughs> it would impact the amount of ass kicking I got. <laughs> Because it's definitely more because of that child. But yeah, he's a gender. Ah, it's the son. Your worst nemesis. 
and like his beard isn't even filled all the way in. You know what? I'm I'm you know what? I'm in. Let's go. Me versus Max Crosby. 1v1. You versus Max. Yeah, I, I, he, he doesn't he even have a full beard. You. He doesn't even have a he full beard. He would destroy you. Nah, 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 nah. He would destroy you. <laughs> nah, he's, he's a gender. You, you, dude, you don't even like... Bro, you don't have a full beard like 11 no, no, out no, of the no, 12 no. months. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, stop yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop it. Just stop it. But like, his doesn't even... Like, his mustache doesn't connect. No, 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 no. Oh my god. You know, no, no, no. I'm I'm full send 1v1. Let's go. 1v1. How big is this guy? I it's a football player. You think I know? I just I just want to I just want to see. So you're going up against what's six spot? Oh my god, he's like he's built like LeBron. He is 6'5", 255 pounds. It's it's nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing, huh? You would die. Probably not. You would die. Okay, I would accept I would probably be grievously injured, but I don't think I would <laughs> die. I don't think this man's gonna commit murder. I'm not that important. Bro, he could like run by you and you'd probably fall over. No, 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 no. Stop. So. Let's talk about the Memphis Grizzlies. Let's talk about Demetrius. Oh, God. All right. It's It's been a couple weeks. It's time. It's time. It's time for Ren's weekly. John Morant rant. So go ahead. I'm gonna. Okay, I'm gonna well, first off, this is not weekly. This is not weekly at this point. At this point, it's like once a month, and it's because he's been out of the NBA for 25 games. So, full disclosure: before I get into this, I have no problem with the celebration because. NBA players have been doing, like, LeBron's early celebrations were holstering a pistol. Like, I don't have a problem with that. So, a couple nights ago, he went up for a dunk in uh, New Orleans. Or an alley-oop, whatever it was. He he celebrated after it. And what he's claiming now is that he's doing the LSU touchdown celebration dance, which is called Rock Your Hips, and I... I'm not a football fan. I don't follow it. So I I YouTubed it. And what he does is similar to that, but there's no, like, you're telling me this uber-athletic person that likes to dance, because we, we, we know Ja likes to dance, only is doing the hand motion part of the dance, and then switching into a bazooka no 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 what he was doing was pistols he, he was dual wielding pistols it's obvious you can see like when he first does it he has his fingers like it's a trigger and then he kind of realizes you know i just came back from a suspension about this stuff and i probably shouldn't violate nba decorum right now he ended up getting fined twenty five thousand dollars for it i don't think this man learned anything in a lot of players like chandler parsons um Jamal Crawford, a lot of people have come out and said, what are you doing? Like, you have generational wealth. Your family is set up for well after you're gone. Why are you risking this to 
stunt on people. Why why do you need to continue to pretend that like it, it's all based on <clears throat> the culture he's trying to embody, which I totally get. But once you've been suspended for it, you know they're on your back and they know you're they're watching and you're risking like forget just you. Like this is supposed to set your daughter up. This is supposed to set your family up. And you're risking all that to do a stupid celebration. You could do anything else. But you have to go to guns because that's what you're trying to be. You're trying to pretend that that's who you are because you listen to NBA Youngboy and he says something about guns every other line. Because that's what you're into. But why are you risking it? Angela, you can unmute your mic now and come back into the conversation. Oh, oh, are you done? Did you just black you... out for 20 seconds? No, I went to the bathroom. I got some water. I made a ham sandwich. I fed the cats. And then I came back. Oh, God, I still have time. Yeah, wow. you still have time. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't understand what is going through his head. Everyone around him, at least everyone in the NBA around him, is telling him to knock it off, to grow up. It it doesn't seem like he has. And then there was a report that came out that he believes that the NBA is out to get him. He's got a target on his back. Bro, just stop flashing guns. Like, is it that hard? Like for, for the record, like I'm all I'm all about like gun ownership. That's cool. Like if, if you are a responsible person, own a gun. But and this goes beyond like the John Morant situation. If the point of a gun, right? So like carrying, right, is to protect you, correct? Yeah. Why sure. are you showing it off? Like, why are you making yourself a target? If you get into one of, like, God forbid, you get into a active shooter situation, the shooter not knowing that you have a gun is an advantage for you. Why do you have to show it off? It's because you're trying to pretend you're cooler than you are, I guess. Um, or you're compensating for something. Because... It, it was uh, Theodore Roosevelt that said, walk softly and carry a big stick. You don't have to show the stick off. Keep it in your pocket. You might need it. You don't need everyone else to know you've got it. Byron doesn't have a big stick in his pocket. Pause. Pause? Um, that's something the kids say. Um, so, yeah, go ahead. Jump in on Demetrius. He's. I can't be the only one that feels this way. You probably can. Do you disagree with anything I said? Is what I'm asking. Oh, no, not really. Okay. It's, so... it's kind of sad because he's so talented. You know, I've come back, drops, drops, huh? Absolutely. He could be the face of the NBA after LeBron retires. He has yeah, that he kind of personality. Yeah. But he's not going to be because there's this decorum issue that he refuses to 
understand or comprehend. Right. I mean, he might be out of the NBA before LeBron at this point. That would be the worst outcome imaginable. It would. Um, what else did we say we were going to talk about tonight? Because we said something else. Well, were we going to bring up the fact that uh, Tyrese Halliburton told the Cavs and the Hawks not to draft him? We can talk about that. I don't know why he did. I still, like, I actually didn't know that until you said it earlier today. Um, and you dug into it? Yeah, he said it, he said it like, in a live mic. It's crazy. So, as as a, because obviously he said this as he was coming out of college. Right, right, right. So, as a rule of thumb, do you advocate for players doing that? Who are coming into the NBA saying, I don't want to be drafted by this team. Um, generally, no. Generally, no. I think that there is a situation in which it's valid. valid. You mean like the Pistons? No, 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 no. Not even the Pistons. So, like, let's say you're a small forward and a team interviews you and they have an all-NBA caliber starting small forward and the sixth man of the year was their small forward. Like, you don't want to be drafted there. There's not minutes for you. Um, or, like, as stupid as it is, if you have, like, a childhood rivalry against a team. Like, I think that's fair. Um, even Was if Garland a- on the on the Cavs when Tyrese was being drafted? Oh, Tyrese would... No, I don't think so. Because Tyrese was 2020... Darius oh. Garland was 2021, wasn't he? You might be right about that. That's just crazy, quite honestly. Oh uh, no, it was uh, 2019. So Garland was Garland was before, and then okay, okay. So that that does make a bit of sense. And so... then Trey Young was 2018. So the Hawk, but he didn't say no to the Kings, who had De'Aaron. Did they have De'Aaron Fox at that point in time? They had to have. Oh, yeah, they had to De'Aaron Fox? Yeah. But I feel like Tyrese and Fox paired better together than Tyrese and Garland or Tyrese and Trey did. Because they were, I mean, they're Tyrese is more similar to Trey or Garland than he is De'Aaron Fox. But it still didn't work. I don't know. Like, I I guess I understand, like, betting on yourself and, you know, if you know a situation is right for you, not going for that situation, but at the same time. And, like, we don't know. Maybe he had a really bad experience in Cleveland, like, just as a city and doesn't want to live there. Yeah, maybe. Like we don't we don't know all of it. In general, I don't agree with it. Like and I don't necessarily agree with it in this context because like if a team is gonna pay you, a team is gonna pay. Like Exactly. Who cares where you play? Just you're getting money, right? Um and as long as that team is trying to compete, and obviously Cleveland and Atlanta are both teams that are not shying away from trying to compete. Um, yeah. But they but but to be fair to him at the time they weren't that. 
not fully, but they were teams that were willing to. Um, but at, at the same time, like Sacramento Kings had the longest drought in NBA history at that time. Yeah, um, and you had no qualms about that. Hmm. So I don't know. I don't. I I don't know why he didn't want to. So. In general, in, and in this situation, I do disagree with it just because you're going to get paid a lot of money. If he kept it consistent and told the Kings because they had a starting caliber point guard, sure. But since he didn't say it to the Kings, it's a little weird to me. Like, there has to be something else to the story that we don't know. Yeah. And no, like Tyrese Halliburton, Lord and Savior, like he, he is this guy, like one hundred percent. But I will say that I I do disagree with that. Like, should players have agency to decide where they're going? Yes, once they're in the NBA. But in the draft, that's kind of sus to me. Like you're getting drafted, you are about to embark on most teenage boys childhood dream like you're getting drafted to the nba the best league in the world who cares where you go at that point especially like if it's like oh you get to go number three yeah absolutely let me in sure i get that so it's a little strange to me but like I said, we don't know why he told them no because it obviously wasn't because they had starting caliber point guards. Maybe he just really, really hated those two teams during like his teen years while he was playing 2K. You remember <laughs> that uh, the Hawks, like the Corver, Teague... Uh, was it oh Shot? yeah, the We like Believe they, Hawks. Yeah, when they had the four freaking All Star starters. Yeah, and pretty much all of them were mid. And yeah, they didn't go anywhere. Yeah, they were all really, really, really good role players, though. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And I think yeah. they over like. Well, they definitely, they definitely overhyped that team. Yeah, for sure. Just for just to get swept by LeBron. <laughs> I think a lot of teams in the East would have swept them. <laughs> they were, looking back on it, they weren't that great. But well, no, 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 no! Time out, time out, time out! Did they not make it to the conference finals? I think they did, but yeah. So yeah, you can't we, say a, a lot of teams would sweep them. I think a lot of teams would have. They beat two teams to get to the Western Conference Finals, yeah. right? Western Conference Finals. Or Eastern Conference Finals. Where do you think Atlanta is? What year was that? 2017? 2017? Was it really that late? Hold on. No, the Hawks in 2017 finished 26th of 30. Oh, God. No, it was before that. It was like 2014, 2015. 2014-2015 season. Al Horford, Paul Millsap, Dennis Schroeder, Thabo Cephalosha. Thabo Cephalosha. Elton Brand, Kent Bazemore. They had a very gritty team. 
Yeah, it's a very, uh, like I said, all amazing role play. Percent. Like I like Millsap and Horford were both very, very, very like best players on the team by far. Um, and Teague wasn't terrible, but just overall, it was a lot of role players. John Jenkins is probably one of the best. John Logan Jenkins the third. I'm corrected. Sorry. Probably one of the best names in NBA history. Uh, they went 60 and 22. It's a good team. But as a Cavs fan, how do you feel like about Tyrese stunning you? I mean, it happened. I obviously, I think Tyrese would have added a lot to the Cavs, but is what it is. You can't you can't prevent the pass. And I think everything kind of played out for the Cavs because with Tyrese, do I they know. end up with Mobley? No, probably not. Things change. Um, and I think that the Cavs roster as a whole, while it's not fully clicking, it it is a, it's a good roster. roster. It's a very good roster. I don't know. I'm just. I am excited for the future of Tyrese Halliburton. I think that a case could be made that he's become a top ten player in the NBA. Okay, I'd be open. I, to that. I it, it's maybe we'll do a ranking as we get to the midseason, um, just to try to like cut it out because. The problem is when you get into that is Halliburton's defense is a huge question mark. Um, but offensively, he's arguably having the best single season performance offensively of all time so far. Um, do you think, and I'm I'm asking this because the homer in me says yes, Given the fact that Indianapolis is not exactly a postcard free agent destination, do you think having a player of Tyrese's caliber as a playmaker as well as a scorer is a draw for free agents, or do you think it's more likely to attract players that are chasing a contract or on a chance basis, like an Obi Toppin? Do you think that it's more the elite role players or do you think that Tyrese is the kind of guy that will draw other star players to him? I think it's the role players. Quite honestly, I think, and you guys have kind of commented on this, that the the way you guys plan on getting a star player's trading for one. Yeah, I, I actually agree. I think that the plan around Tyrese needs to be get those elite role players, because Obi Toppin's having the best season of his career. Um, Those players that just fit well with Tyrese and then trading for another star player. And I think once a player gets here and plays with Tyrese, they'll probably stick around for a while. I think, obviously, you guys need more defensive players. Oh, absolutely. Because your defense is is bad. 
it's Miles Turner and then everyone else. Like Bruce yeah. Brown was supposed to be this driving force of the defense. Jarris Walker is raw, but Benedict Matherin hasn't taken that leap yet. It's it's basically Miles Turner and then everyone else, and it's it's sad as a Pacer fan. I'm gonna go on a little tangent here. When like if you are only looking at the box score, Miles Turner looks a lot worse than he is, and it's not fair to him because everyone's like, oh, his matchup dropped 30 on him. The problem is when you're a center and your perimeter, and this is a problem with us in 2K too, um, when your perimeter players get blown past, right? Your center mm-hmm. kind of has an option, right? So let's say yep. you're, you're playing the, the, the Milwaukee Bucks, right? So Miles Turner is put on Giannis, which makes sense, right? He's the best defensive player. Giannis is the best offensive player. Absolutely. But then Damian Lillard blows past Tyrese Halliburton or Buddy Heald or TJ McConnell or Andrew Nimhart or whoever is out on the perimeter. Miles Turner's kind of in a lose-lose situation here. So he can either step up on um, Damian Lillard, which is a smart play because Damian Lillard is probably going to score, or he stays with his man. If he steps up on Damian Lillard, Damian Lillard is going to dump it off to his man. His man is going to score. So it's there is no winning there. And I think when people are constantly just looking at the box score, they're saying this player's bad or this player's struggling against this caliber of players. Or like in the case of bigs, like if you're stepping up on a guard you're not in position to box out your man. Your man is going to get rebounds. You're not going to get rebounds. I don't think it's fair to these players to just look at the box score, right? Because in Miles Turner's situation, Miles Turner is playing exactly the way the Pacers ask him to. It's just everything else around him is being involved. And I, I think it's not fair to him because if you read, like, the Pacers Reddit or like Pacers Facebook post or talk to Pacer fans. They all talk about how Miles Turner's disappointing or not good or whatever. And I don't, I, I'm not going to say Miles Turner's like one of the best centers in the NBA. I think he's probably in the top 10. But it's, it's getting exhausting to try explaining to people that like he's only going to be as good as the rest of the team when it comes to defense. If, our guards or our wings are getting blown past every time. The only option for Miles Turner is to give up because you either step up and contest the shot or you don't. And no matter which way you go, like the fans are going to say, oh, he let Damian Lillard score at the rim. He let Andrew Wiggins score at the rim. Or, oh, he stepped up on Damian Lillard and Lillard dumped it to Giannis and Giannis scored. Or, oh, he stepped up on Lillard, contested the shot, Lillard missed, and Giannis got the rebound. Why isn't he getting rebounds? Like, it's not fair to these players because they are actually that good. And that's that's my soapbox. I I just, (laughs) I think fans as a whole, and in some cases, I'm not going to use the term casual here, but fans that try to do too much. So if you are like trying to engross yourself in too many sports, you're going to get overwhelmed and you become a box score watcher where you're only looking I, at the box score and you're not focusing on the eye test. 
I you yeah that's absolutely you <laughs> um, because the eye test is what's important because if you watch the Pacers play if you watch Miles Turner play you can see what he's doing and it makes sense and you don't second guess it because is he just supposed to let Damian Lillard or Steph Curry or whoever get an open layup no absolutely not but if he contests them even if he causes them to miss he's gonna miss the rebound he's gonna have his man get the dump off he's gonna have his man get the second chance points like if you're only looking at the box score miles turner is average at best but that's not fair to him that's yeah so what i'm saying is watch games understand basketball and stop focusing on the box score is that too much to ask Yes. Because a player can have So I'll I'll ask you here. Like let's say could you foresee a situation where a player scores 10 points with two rebounds and it's a good game? Say that again. If a player scored 10 points and got two rebounds, could you see a situation in which they had a good game? I mean, sure. That, that depends on who that player is. It depends on the impact they had in those 10 points and those two rebounds and the impact they had on the rest of the game because there's a lot of stuff that does not show up on the box score. But if you only look at the box score, oh, he scored 10 points and had two rebounds mid. But that's not oh. fair, right? I, I'm looking at the Pacers rankings. I, it doesn't just, show I'm, me. I'm just using Miles Turner as an example. I think this is a problem that has evolved in the betting era of sports where so, we're more focused on stats than productivity. Right. So this doesn't show me where the Pacers rank in the NBA, but a point, opponents points per game, 124.7. Oh, it's embarrassing. it's embarrassing. Effective field goal percent is 56%. Yeah. Opponents points in the paint a game, 60. You might as well call that 63 a game. That's... That's a lot of points, bro. Yeah, it's horrible. It, it's one of the worst defensive teams of all time. Not going to argue with that. I, like I said, I'm just using Miles Turner as like the most. How like, many times have they team. held a team under 100? Oh, God. I think maybe one game this year. Oh, God. I haven't found it. No, no. Hey, you're wasting no. your time. I. I don't know if we've done it yet. I think there was one game at the start of the season. I don't think you've done it. But I'm I'm only using Miles Turner as an example of a... Like, that is a symptom of the disease that has transpired since sports gambling became as prevalent, prevalent as it is. Hmm. Because I don't think... I think people are spending so much time on the box or they're not watching the games because they only care about, is this player helping my parlay or not? And if they don't, well, that player's bad. Well, no, that player helped your team win, regardless of what the box score said. Oh, here we go. This shows me where they are with the rest of the NBA. It's, it's, it's horrible. It's awful. <laughs> Do we have to do this? I don't want to hear it right now. 
Okay, so the points a game was 29th, and the points in the paint a game was, was 30th. Yeah. So that's not surprising. Anyway, yeah, go on, it, sorry. It, it's it's bad. Again, I'm I'm not saying that the box score is irrelevant. I'm just saying that you have to take it in the context of the game. And if you don't watch the game, if you only watch the box score, or if you don't watch the game through an unbiased lens. So if you go into a game saying, let's say Jared Allen. Let's say you have a bias against Jared Allen, okay? Yep, sure. Every he's probably going to be off the game here soon, but yeah, yeah, for for sure. I think he's the most likely to be traded of the Cavs. But yeah, um, if you go, I think eventually we have to get the rights to Mobley. But anyway, go on. Sorry, that should have already been last season. But if you go in with a bias against Jared Allen, every single thing he does is going to be under a microscope for you, whether it's good or bad. (laughs) And you're going to gravitate towards the bad because in your mind, so, he's bad, right? So you're so, not. You go ahead. So that's kind of human nature. So people in general have a tendency to look for the things that they believe they is true. It's, it's it's a yeah. yeah. Um. What's the word? What's the word? Is it a genetic fallacy? I think it's a genetic fallacy. Oh, whatever. So, as long as you're aware of it, though, and you're cognizant enough to realize, you know, maybe I'm being biased towards this player. Maybe I'm not being as fair to them as I would be to my favorite player. Oh, my favorite player did, like, uh, using 2K as an example. We we have this conversation constantly where we critique each other, but we don't critique ourselves, right? Yeah. That's that same sort of thing when it comes to when you're watching sports. The players you like, oh, it doesn't matter that they turn the ball over. It matters that after they turn the ball over, the player you don't like got dunked on. Right, right, right. So it's it, if you're cognizant of that, you're less likely to fall for it. But the point I'm trying to make is sports betting has ruined sports. I don't know. I think I'm pretty hard on myself on 2K, to be honest. But uh, that's you're you're taking the <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I know. I'm taking this literally. Anyway, <laughs> you're right. I agree with you. I think that um, people general generally have biases for and against you know certain players right. and you know you could it could be something as stupid as miles turner cost me this parlay you know and now I you're looking for the miles that turner miles... thing i think the miles turner thing was he was the highest pacers draft pick in years and everyone expected yeah. him to be a superstar and like he's just right. a good nba center like he's never going to be more than that that's fine that's not what he's supposed to be <clears throat> but it's weird because, like, I don't think Pacers fans as a whole really grasp how good he is. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying he's one of the best centers in the NBA. I'm saying, what do you replace him with? Because there's not that many guys better than him. There are players significantly better than him, but you don't get those in a trade. You don't sign those in free agency. 
Pacers Nation is weird. You're telling me there's a sloth of people who are like, yeah, like get rid of Miles Turner. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It, it really? Miles Turner has been in trade rumors. So there are people that will be listening to this probably that are cursing me in their heads for not realizing how terrible Miles Turner is. Really? It's the weirdest thing, and I don't understand why, because it's a player that wants to be here. I, yeah, I don't get that. Is I know I said Jared that. Allen was going, but A, we have an obvious replacement, and B, it's, right. it's been rumored. So, like, and it, I have it, nothing it against sense. Jared Allen. Like, Whereas Miles Turner, like, if you ask these fans, what what's your, like, who replaces him? They'll say, like, oh, Isaiah Jackson. Isaiah Jackson's going to foul out in the first quarter. Yeah. Isaiah Jackson's not going to shoot four threes and hit three of them. Like, there isn't, like, there's this irrational hatred of players like Turner. And I'm sure that's that way for every fan base. It's just that's the oh, one yeah. that I'm most used to. Yeah, of course. Uh, and it just, it doesn't make sense to me. It's completely disrespectful to those players. Because, again, in Turner's case, you have a star player. He's not an all-star, but he's a player that will get all-star votes. He's yeah, not going to make it, but he's going to get votes. Who wants to be here is way above average defensively. He's one of the better defensive centers in the NBA if you ignore the box score because, again, he's in a lose-lose situation in two-on-one situations. Um, and he's So does, does this give you moral of the story? Not moral of the story. Does this give you a better appreciation for Adam? What do you mean? Are you talking in relation to 2K? Yes. Why does everything go 2K? Um, to an extent, I yeah, am trying. I, I think that to throw you a changeup. Go on. So I think that mm-hmm. Austin is better at handling the two-on-ones that happen because Austin doesn't like mash the jump button. As soon as someone is within five feet of him, um, but yeah, I like I don't watch box scores. Like in, in, in like we're talking about two K now. In two K, I never look at the box score. That doesn't matter to me. Did we win or did we lose? That's all that matters. I'll give you crap when you shoot three for twenty two, but it's because like that's not because you shot three for twenty two. It's because I was giving you dots. Like you were wide open and you missed them. And like I remember that because that's the eye test. This guy. But I, I don't. I don't look at the box score. I I could care less what the other team does. Get me more assists, Ren Miller. A run. I was cutting that out. You're so. It's bad only you. It's only you, and I don't know why. At this point, it doesn't really matter. Um, okay. The... Then I won't cut it up. Anyway. I don't know. Do you have anything else? The world is on fire. The world is not on fire. The Pistons suck. The Pistons are... They more than suck. The Pistons are a disgrace to basketball at this point. So, if the Pistons finish the season with less than double-digit wins, which is definitely a possibility... You have to blow it up. You have to blow it up. You think you have to blow it up? You have to blow if you if they finish with like eight wins or seven wins, uh-huh. you have to blow. There's What's the no record? What's the record? What's I 
It has to be a Charlotte Hornets team, but worst record in NBA history. The 2011-2012 Charlotte Bobcats. There it is. 34 and 48. That doesn't feel right. That doesn't feel right. I know they had. So the 72-73 Sixers had 73 losses. So that's like 9-73. As of right now, statistically, based on win percentage, the Detroit Pistons are the worst team of all time. The Charlotte Bobcats in 2012 finished 7-59. and 59. Yes, the Detroit Pistons are on track for the worst NBA record all time. If the current Pistons win... Oh, God, I can't. I can't say this. If the current Pistons winning percentage were to hold for the entire season, their final record would be projected at 5-77. and 77. Five and seventy-seven. Oh, as of right now, the Spurs and the Wizards both have five wins. Just to put that in perspective, because they have seventy-seven. They are currently tied for the like based on projections. They are currently the twelfth worst record of all time. The Spurs and the Wizards. And seventy-seven. So, yeah, if they blow the if if they do not project higher than seven wins if they end up having the record for the most losses in nba you have to blow it up there's no like because you don't want to remember that right everything related to that team goes into the fire like you're done oh gosh everything Everything. kate cunningham gone ivy gone wiseman gone you blow it up you thompson gone you know you might change the name of the team like the charlotte bobcat (laughs) That's it. No, no, that's it. That's the end. Oh like you're done. It's the name of the team. Relocate. I don't know. They can be the new Seattle Supersonics. Oh, so they God. Just moved again. Huh? So they can just get moved again. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Am I wrong? Like, if you do not win seven games, so is there? So is parity better or worse? Then I guess is the question. Off of that, to you as so as a whole, like the NBA as a whole, I think parity is better than it's ever been. But I think the highs and the lows are extreme. Because you've got these teams at the top. So the Denver Nuggets, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Boston Celtics, like these top tier teams. Yep. They they are completely star studded, right? And then you've got the bottom rung, which is the Spurs, the Pistons, the Wizards, who have good players, but the comparison is extreme. I think as a whole, besides those two polar opposites, like when you're talking about like five through twenty-five, I think the parody's never been better. But I think the extremes on either side are pretty huge. 
if that makes sense. Yes, no, maybe. I generally agree with that. I swear to God, I generally agree with that as your catchphrase on the show. It is. Um, it's a great catchphrase, quite honestly. It's a top-tier catchphrase. It does. It lives rent-free in my head, honestly. Does it? It does. Um, do we have anything So you else? generally agree with that? I generally agree with that. Do we have anything <laughs> else? No, I'm kidding. Well, hey, yeah, you know what? You do the outro because my voice is God. Oh, man. I it's... actually have uh, resorted to giving Alex the outro because he's a lot oh. better simping oh, than I am because, you know, I'm not, I'm an, uh, I'm an alpha. Yeah, you're, you're, alpha you're bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah, alpha. You're just bad. Uh, yeah. Guys. Yeah. Guys, like we do here, oh. leave it. I'm I'm gonna do it because I don't trust you. Okay, sounds good. We've been playing Baldur's Gate lately, and like, let me tell you how that's going. It's going I, great. It's going it, fine. It is not going fine. It's going fine. Angelo solves every problem with violence. I do not solve every problem. You killed a dog. He had it coming. He was sad. It was. He wanted to be with his owner, and I and I decided to help the dog, and you know, let the, let let the dog reunite with its owner. The dog is now reunited with its owner, and whether you like it or not, it was disturbing. It, it was a disturbing situation. It's not disturbing. So anyway, that game has made me question charity, Angelo's like um, sanity. Um, What's sanity? So, if you like what we do here, like, comment, subscribe, whatever it may be. Follow us on all the things. It's all in the description. You know what to do. Um, next week, hopefully Austin will be back. If not, at least my voice will be back. And who knows? If Austin's not here, maybe we'll have a special guest. We'll see. We have special guests. Occasionally. We'll figure it out. I dropped my thing. Um... But yeah, thanks for listening, guys. See you next week. Doot, doot.